There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Good evening, my friends. Of course, it's Saturday night. It's a delight to be with you this evening. Uh, we're talking money. The show, of course, is Hi-Fi Radio. I am Wolfgang Klein. Portfolio Manager, Manager of Wealth. I help clients build wealth, maintain wealth, and uh, from cradle to grave, we take care of individuals. If you have any questions, of course, uh, you can contact us easily, WolfgangKlein.com. That's your one-stop shop when it comes to money. Jack Hartle, of course. Jack is my partner, Portfolio Manager as well. Jack, say hello to your friends and family at home. Hey, Wolf, and hello, everyone, and good to be with you this Saturday night. Indeed. Uh, Ron McDowell is uh, on the line. He is a market technician. Um, there's a whole lot of things I love about Ron. Um, with the amount of experience Ron McDowell has in the uh, financial markets. Ron, uh, you, I guess, uh, now have about five decades of experience under your belt, don't you? Yeah, and don't make me too old uh, just because of that. I'm still able and very well here. Well, you know, Ron, but I, uh, as I get older, of course, I have respect for people with experience. Uh, I don't care if it's a plumber, uh, a stock market technician, a portfolio manager. Um, th- there is so much to be said for knowledge and experience. Uh, and, yeah, the, the markets, um, they uh, may not repeat, but they certainly do um, rhyme. And uh, here we are just getting through a – which presidential election is this one, Jack? Uh, Number 30, number 40, I don't know, it's, uh, I don't know, just got another election under well, our That's over 50, Wolf. Yeah, just good. to say something about experience, I think one of the places where you need a lot of experience is in the stock market because uh, it's only when you look back at what happened that you can look forward as to what is likely to happen in the future. Uh, 100%. And again, we came through an incredible, well, we're getting through an incredible year, 2020, uh, a year that started up. Uh, on a very firm footing, market rose, and then the market uh, recovered. Um, and uh, the NASDAQ made new all-time highs. And here we are. So the experience comes, I believe, what I've learned this year uh, is the value that Jack and I were able to extend to our clients uh, to keep them steady and uh, not to panic during the panic phase because I have learned that panic is not a strategy. And so to be able to pass that wisdom and experience onto our clients has saved a lot of clients from a lot of nasty mistakes. Um, That is exactly right. That is exactly right. And this whole thing that happened in March in an article that I wrote to the Globe and Mail, which you probably can still get it, it, it explains that on occasion in the market, you will have what we call a flash crash. Same thing happened when Biden, when uh, Clinton almost got impeached. Same thing happened, of course, most famously in 1987. And in these cases, the market sell-offs because of a special reason, but immediately turns around and goes into the new all-time high. So people who were sort of really worried about what happened in March should just remember it's a one it's a it's a one minute thing in the whole bag of things and we are still in a bull market and the market in 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 based on my research is still going to the to higher levels donald trump we saw it in 2016 when he was elected everyone was expecting hillary clinton to be uh, the new president and he was actually the 45th president so just to correct from the last 
segment there, Wolf. But uh, I remember the Thank futures you. were down. I think it was limit down or at least 5% anyways. And then the market actually realized that Donald Trump was a business-friendly, less regulation, lower tax president. And the market was up the following day. Yeah, and uh, that is that is what it comes to the market, uh, of course. And uh, same thing here. I mean, everybody. This the sell-off in March was really drastic in 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 terms, because you know we were at 3,300 as a, as opposed to 1987 when we were only at something like 500. So percentages, uh, you know, number numerically, it was very big rather than percentages. But people get lost. People lost the the idea that uh, this is just a, a momentarily uh, back backing that could be corrected immediately, as it was. You are listening to Hi-Fi Radio. If you just joined us, it's a show about money. I'm Wolfgang Klein, portfolio manager. Jack Hartle, my partner, portfolio manager as well. Uh, collectively, we help people manage money, and we do it by having a wide net of very smart people uh, alongside us. We call them friends. Ron Mizells is one of those individuals. He's a longstanding market technician. Uh, Phases and Cycles is a service he provides. If you're in the financial industry, you can subscribe to Phases and Cycles by Ron Mizells, a very, very well-known man on Bay Street, brings with us a lot of experience. And in challenging times, I always lean to those who have experience because they may have not seen this movie before, but they've seen this movie before, if you know what I am saying. Um, we, We can speak about so many different things right here, right now, Ron. We can speak about the stock market valuation getting no longer cheap, but in a zero interest rate environment, perhaps going uh, a lot higher, hence becoming a lot more expensive. We can speak about the fact you mentioned the word bull market. The, we just went through a bear market and it ended and a new fresh bull market has begun. Um, we can speak about that at length, Ron, if you'd like. Uh, please p- pick it up. W- which direction do you want to go with this? Well, I, you're, you're, Wolfgang, you're 100% right. We are in a bull market. I'm not necessarily thinking it's a new bull market. It doesn't mean it's only semantics, but we are in a bull market. The interesting thing that there is a changing every time. This bull market, in my opinion, started in 2009. We are still in it. We have only 11 years into it, which is very rare. Uh, that it would end here because every previous bull market lasted over 20 years. But no matter what, uh, what is changing here is that uh, as we're getting into so far 11 years in and onwards, there are certain stocks, certain sectors that are starting to change. And what the one thing that you'd immediately notice is that the material sector became very, very prominent uh, in 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 the last couple of months, that is gold, that is paper, that is forest, uh, there is steel, but specifically gold. And so, gold stocks. I know a lot of people are against having gold stocks because they don't pay dividend or anything, but they're wonderful for capital appreciation. The other thing that happens at this point in time in the in the in the in the gold in the bull market is that. Uh, the, the bank stocks are starting to slow down, and we know very well they slow down. Doesn't mean to get rid of it. Doesn't mean that you have to go out of them, because they still pay the dividend, and I'm not, I don't think there will be any cut on that. But they're starting to slow down. But at the same time, we still have the industrial in, in the inter information technology still moving, and after a short period of of, of uh, stopping, pausing. 
I believe that the FANG stocks and all the rest of this group are going to give us some more capital appreciation. The other area that is very good that is probably a lot of people don't pay attention to it is the utilities. We have a stock like Borelex. We have a stock like Interjects. There's a number of stocks and a couple of other stocks in Canada that have very, very nice 4%, 5%, 6% yield. And I think a lot of people look at the utility stocks as, well, you know, they're blah, blah, blah. And yet they're going, they're going higher. We recommended Borelex at $28, and it's now $38. So there is nothing wrong with them. They're not, they're not just low things. They're where they move, and they pay dividend. And it's something that people should consider on. Uh, a four percent dividend uh, against a one percent bond is a significant difference in the amount of cash flow that you can receive. And again, if you're in a uh, situation where you are retired, uh, dividend income can be very tax, highly tax efficient uh, to the tune of if you have no other income. I think basically thirty thousand dollars of dividend income is taxed at an extremely low rate. Uh, so it certainly is something to keep in mind. But I would also say, Ron, I think people have been somewhat, I don't say misled, but haven't really gone through the full analysis of making money. In other words, too many people have gravitated towards the notion, I need to own only stocks that pay dividend because I need dividend income to survive and live off of. And I, uh, we all know that capital gains will represent two-thirds of your overall return, dividends perhaps one-third of your return. So you can't just focus on a high-dividend-paying stock. In fact, it could be what we call a dividend trap. But, Jack, I, I want you to talk. Jack Jack has a wonderful theory, and, and I want you to pick up on it when Jack shares the theory around the Canadian bank stocks. Jack, you know, you know where I'm going with this. Tell the audience and share with Ron. Ron knows the story. Um, one of the very wisest value plays, uh, how, how you buy and trade the Canadian banks. Sure. Well, the, the Canadian banks, as we all know, I would say there's six of them, and they're 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 not regulated utilities, but they're in a highly regulated industry. So, uh, that being said, like like Ron discussed, they're all yielding significant dividends right now. And we recently bought for our clients uh, the Bank of Nova Scotia, which is yielding uh, 6.3% uh, as I speak today. So, um, the fact is, a regulated business has somewhat uh, controls over. Uh, competition or significant controls over competition, which is, I would say, de- the detriment to the consumer. But uh, as a as a Canadian investor, I would say take the opposite side of that trade and and go out and buy the um, the bank that is yielding the most or has underperformed because over time uh, these companies these businesses mean revert. Meaning, I would expect the Bank of Nova Scotia to get things back on track over time. We collect a six percent yield in between. Uh, and we should expect some capital. I fully agree with I fully agree with your saying, and uh, and I brought up the utilities only to say that they are also moving. If anybody wants to see anything, any of our reports, uh, then we are available on our website at phasesandcycles.com, and uh, give it a try. And I was going to give you a plug there, Ron, but you plugged yourself, and I commend you for that. Um, but let's go to commercial break, pay some bills around here. The show is Hi-Fi Radio. We're speaking with a very, very wise talented market technician. His name is Ron Mizell. He's an author. He publishes weekly phases and cycles. Uh, take a look at his website. Uh, if you're in the industry, you can certainly buy and subscribe to his work. Uh, but I want to get into some of the Canadian utility stocks. Ron, I want you to line up one or two of your best ideas uh, with, with respect to the utilities. And uh, we'll 
dig into it just a little deeper. The show is Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. This is High Five Radio. It's Saturday night. I'm feeling good. Bull market to do that to you. It is a bull market, my good friend. Market moving higher. Uh, and it's, it's incredible from a seasonal perspective. Uh, October uh, was a down month. Uh, November tends to be a good month. And here we are. Another good month. Uh, certainly off to a good start. Uh, look, the market will, of course, correct. It will pull back. Um, investors. Investors, my good friends, use those opportunities to buy. Do not buy into the headline that has knocked the stock market down one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight percent in short order. Don't do that. You do the opposite. Buy quality. Elton John is quality. Elton John will continue to sell records. Microsoft will continue to be in business, as will Google, as will Facebook, as will Bank of Nova Scotia. Those are the all the businesses I like to own for my clients. And you know something? It works for Jack. It works for me. And our clients are very, very happy with our results. Uh, Ron Mazels is a, a good friend of mine. He has been uh, a market technician for a long time. And he has seen many cycles uh, unfold. And, uh, well, this is a unique cycle that we are in, Ron, because never in your career have you operated in a zero interest rate environment. And, again, People have to understand that when it comes to money, Jack always says money goes where it's most welcome, but I also say money goes where it's going to find the most favorable risk-reward relationship. And the, the, the risk, I believe, is high in the bond market, and I believe that the risk in the equity market is, on a relative basis, a lot lower than the bond market, uh, so long as you buy quality. People just uh, don't seem to totally understand that, and I'm very happy that you uh are one who can explain to people of what they should be doing rather than what they what they're what they're very often doing because they see signs of sell-offs like we had in March which was just as I said before a flash crash in a sense that we have immediately come back down and immediately we are at a new all-time high and that just proves what you were pointing out uh, that uh, the, the market is there there is a low interest rate People, institutions have a lot of money on the side, and they very often have to put the money at to play because sitting there, they're not getting anything for it. And so we see volumes and volumes on the in the New York Stock Exchange are, and the number of new highs that we see every day is enormous. Is is volume? following trend it's again technical talk friends at home but when the market goes higher you want to see the activity uh follow the trend uh and when the market goes lower you don't want to see high volume you want to see low volume so uh ron is volume following trend the volume is there and it and there is the reason i mean can can you imagine that where we were in the end of march and how far we have gone here the market has risen from from uh, the, the uh, from the end from the end of March, where the S and P was at uh, 2,200, and we are now at 3,600. What do you think made this move 
on the S&P. People are had to put money in to invest in stock that went up and went up. Their ETFs go up, and that is what happening. Not well, yeah, the, turn, the turning point was, and our, our chief strategist, Tony Dwyer, Jack, you, you, you can eloquently speak to it as well, but Tony Dwyer said the, the, uh, the, the plug was put in by the central bank in America when the central bank said, we will provide unlimited liquidity to support the market. The Fed exactly. exactly. Or back. And again, Ron, we must state and overstate the importance of that statement for all the naysayers out there who are saying this market can't continue to move higher, there's a pandemic going on and they're printing money, et cetera, et cetera. That no, that is not the case. When the central bank said they're going to keep interest rates at zero until 2023, they have given the world a roadmap to borrow money. And that's what's taking place. Money is free. People will, companies will, governments will borrow free money and put it to work, which will push asset prices higher. So let's get a couple of ideas uh, going here, if you don't mind. And um, uh, let's start with the utility sector. Well, I talked about the utilities in the first segment, but I also want to talk about consumer staples. We have stocks like Empire and Metro, which again are stocks that are very, very clearly in an uptrend. And we know people have to eat, people have to buy uh, toilet paper, people have to spend money in, all, in this type of things. And these, these companies, these stocks are doing very well together. The other group are the group in, in, in information technology. And we have very few of this in Canada, but we have Kinaxis, which is behaving very well, as well as some of the FANG stocks uh, in, in, the new, in New York. There is an an industrial stock that I think people should know about, and that is called A.O. Smith. I'm sure not very few people heard about it. They're in in the electricity business, and uh, it is another stock that probably nobody heard about it, but you've got to buy the ones that nobody heard about it. A.O. Smith, is that a Canadian or American company? That is an American company. What's the symbol on that? A-O-S, Albert, Ontario, Sam. And they're in electric components and equipment doing very well. It's just rising very, very attractive price level. Again, the market is highly volatile. It is so hypersensitive. Um, And uh, Jack pointed out uh, the industrials that we we, we, uh, picked up a couple of days ago, the movement that they've had. Uh, and hence, so, so, so to pick up on that, Jack, and talk about, of course, our little analogy with respect to the bar of soap. Yeah, well, I, you know, after the, the election, everyone in front of the election. So, like I said, the last week of uh, October, I would say the S&P 500 was down five to six percent. So uh, the volatility index was spiking to 40. So for the listeners out there, uh, that is the, the price that people are w- willing to pay for insurance uh, on future volatility in the market. Uh, a normal market trades around 20. So we saw a lot of fear and a lot of dislocations uh, in front of the elections. People were scared. Um, so we were putting money to work for clients and we were buying some small cap companies. Uh, in front of that, we were also doing some industrials, stuff that was more cyclically oriented. And um, as we were talking about, the central bank is printing money. They're putting money into the system over time. And I'm talking the next you know, six to 12 months, I would expect those economically sensitive names to start to outperform. But it's, but it's incredible, just the movement of a boring company like John Deere 
or Caterpillar. Uh, one day the stock is down 4%. The next day the stock is up 4%. So the point again is if the stock is down 4%, don't join the lemmings and sell it. It's Caterpillar. If you're going to buy a stock, buy it for a reason that will then be logical enough that you'll be able to hold it or if nothing else, add to it in, in periods of weakness. I'm not talking about holding stock as they fall and work their way to zero. At some point, you got to learn to cut your losses, which is a difficult thing to do, by the way. And that is something I, I, I assure you of uh, that uh, – Few pros are good at doing it. Uh, most um, amateurs cannot do it. And it's something Jack and I do pride ourselves on is getting out of losing trades and being humble and emitting error. And again, the, the oil space is a great example um, that still represents about 20% of the TSX. Uh, we have virtually no oil. Once, one stock that we have uh, been involved, got involved, we put on a buy recommendation at 172 as the par- as the stock started to break out of after this uh, March collapse and of course we're at 240 and we think it's going still higher so you have so a very very good pick on that which name was that Ron the deer oh John Deere yeah yeah uh-huh. so John Deere but the point is that a portfolio um, Ron is like a bar of soap the more you touch it the smaller it gets I go back to Elton John. I like, Lawrence. If I like you buy quality, and if you diversify yourself, and if you can appreciate the macro backdrop for what is taking place, you have a better chance of winning. But that, that's complicated stuff. That's what the show is all about to help you better understand it. So I'm going to go back to what I said at the beginning of the show. The central bank in the United States, and all central banks around the world are going to follow suit. The central bank in the United States said, we are going to provide unlimited stimulus to ensure that we get the global economy and the American economy back on its heels and up and running. And they gave you a roadmap for three years. This is so important in the grand scheme of things. Ron Mizell, of course, is a market technician, well-seasoned. He says it's a bull market. Jack and I agree it's a bull market. Ron, again, we speak about secular bull markets frequently on this show versus a cyclical bull market or cyclical bear market, secular bear market. It's one of the first things I learned when I got onto Bay Street. A gentleman taught me this. His name was Q. And I was quite intrigued. And he said, Wolf, uh, you're entering this business in the year 2000 uh, during a secular bear market. He's dead right. The U.S. market went basically down and nowhere for 10 years years uh it was awful but the canadian market was on uh it was on steroids because the commodity market was on steroids so it's very very fascinating stuff but the point is here we are 2019 and ron you said a new bull market i'm going to preface with that secular bull market began in 2009 javit our own market technician totally agrees and both claim and i bet you're in the same camp the average one lasts about 15 to 20 years, which could push this bull market out to 2030. That's 11 more years. No, so 10 more years of, well, hey, Saturday night's all right, you know? Definition of a secular bull market is really the word secular, meaning long to long lasting. And that's exactly what's happening. Very right. You're very right to say it. 2009 was an important low. And we need, we cannot, uh, the bull market will not end in 11 years where we are now in 2020. The bull market is very often last 20, 25 years. And you are 100% in telling us that we have still a lot of air, a lot of time ahead of us to finish, to get to the point. The one point that you look for, 
not here today, but the one point that you look for when everybody is bullish, when the taxi driver tells you that it's time to buy, that's when you worry. Not today when everybody is fearful. Yeah, no, it's remarkable. And I'm going to flip it around, Ron. What helps Jack and I, um, and, and, and this is sort of cute, um, a little cocky, but it's a fact. Um, the, the media does incredible things and the market does incredible things because everything is instantaneous. We got our cell phones, we got data, we got information, we got headlines coming at us in an, in an increasing and almost alarming rate. Uh, and information overload kicks in, our defensive mechanism kicks in, and we want to always protect ourselves first and foremost. And hence, protecting yourself means you know saving your nuts, meaning the, the little the little nuts that you as a, as a squirrel have put aside, hanging on to those nuts. And when when they start to dissipate, you get very very concerned. But the point is, I, I I'm so saddened to, to know that people in March of this year or in the 2009 financial crises sold stock at the bottom only to watch it turn and move significantly higher. And that's quite remarkable. And again, I'm going to say, when was the pivot point in 2020? Because in 2009, the pivot point was in um, March. Was it March of 2009, March of 2010? We had the real pivot point for the market to, to, to begin its up leg. Well, again, it was March of this year. And, uh, that, and as far as going back all the going back 20 years uh in uh, in 2012 was an important turning point and then 2016 we had a little bit of sell off and every time that happens people chicken out and uh they cool. look back after a couple of years and say oh my god you know they 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 throw they told me to go the wrong way but yeah. no Wolfgang, Wolfgang, I know that you you and your firm and your and your your partner is probably the one of the smartest guys on the street, and people should listen because you have to, you have showed them the right way. Well, that's very very flattering uh, of you, Ron. But again, I go back to um, when when everyone is telling you to buy stock, when the taxi driver is giving you tips, that's not the time to be getting excited. When everyone is panicking, that's when you can get greedy, uh, Ron Mizell. Market technicians, phases and cycles. You are my friend. Très bien. Ooh la la. And uh, au revoir, uh, mon ami. Uh, the show, Hi-Fi Radio, we'll get right back to it after this. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. BMB Saturday night, Time to Talk Real Estate with Brad Lamb. Brand Development, uh, Brad Lamb Realty, you know who I'm talking about. See that, Brad? Wouldn't you love to be able to buy that song and do a commercial around it to promote your business? Uh, we've all seen your billboards, but uh, that'd be very cool, but that'd be too costly. But you come on Hi-Fi Radio, we can tee that music up for you, buddy. And, well, it's all part of radio. You get to play cool tunes. That's why we call the, the show Hi-Fi Radio. But it's more about money. It is about high finance, but with music, it makes the, the world a little easier place to enjoy. Uh, welcome back to the show, Brad Lamb. It's always a delight and informative to uh, spend some time with you. Again, if you don't know, Brad Lamb builds tall buildings only south of Bloor, never north of Bloor. Um, yes, he's a condo king. And uh, it's a Pleasure to spend some time with you, Brad. So uh, the headline that we're going to open up with, uh, don't get angry. Um, don't, don't blame me. Okay, Financial Post, uh, condo sales dip as Torontonians flee to the suburbs uh, amidst the COVID-19. Speak to that. 
Well, there, there's no doubt. I mean, overall, the the um, the uh, Toronto Real Estate Board is reporting insane numbers, right? So, so the average price uh, is up dramatically. Um, Single-family home prices are up. Even even central core condos are up almost one percent year over year. Uh, however, um, during COVID nineteen, what happened is. Uh, 70,000 students or 75,000 students didn't make their way back into rental apartments in the city. Uh, we're not sure how many, uh, how many Airbnb units there were, but certainly in excess of 10,000. Uh, and, and so what's happened is, uh, and of course, the, the, the office buildings uh, around the city, the substantive office buildings that require elevator access are largely empty and those are largely filled with young tenants. So there's a, there's a, a, a large number is about um, in the, in this, in the central core south of the 401, there's about uh, 6,500 uh, units for rent um, with, with where there should be 2000. Uh, and, uh, and there, of course, you know, the population's growing, albeit not as quickly uh, and um, and uh, you know the the industry continues to, to 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 bring new units to market, right? So that situation will continue to decline where where rents are falling. So rents have fallen, and and you know our condo market in the core is controlled by investors, and some investors don't like empty apartments, so they're they got them up for sale. We've had a lot of clients take their units off the market and rent them instead, and they're getting they're getting about twenty percent less rent than they were a year ago. But you know, listen, Wolfgang. At the end of the day, um, if, if anyone is deluding themselves that the era of the city is over, the era era of the city has just started. Uh, you, you can see that there's an interest in reducing carbon emissions. That's not going to happen by fleeing to the suburbs. So this is a this is a short term uh, mind melt that's taking place. Uh, where, you know, uh, Canadians and Americans are being kept very, very afraid by, by the medical industry and the, and the government, I think more afraid than they need be. And they're making decisions on short term and not on the long term. And they're going to pay for that financially in the future. Well, you're, you're making a, a bold statement there, um... Mr. Lamb, and uh, you know uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's very indicative of who you are. Um, you're a bold guy, and I respect you for that. Well, we'll, um, okay, just think of this. Just think of this. In the last, you know, hundred years of, of of human beings, we've we've moved our society into cities, right? It's been mm-hmm. it's been essential for us to move our societies into cities. Do we really believe that a pandemic that that uh, has a very low mortality rate uh, maybe twice that of the flu, is going to drive human beings from living in cities. It's nonsense. But what it is is it's an overreaction. Human beings react from fear. You see it in the stock market every day. Human beings are reacting from fear. Our government is not properly educating about the true risks of COVID-19. You see people driving around with masks in their car when they're driving by themselves. It's nonsense. And that's indicative of how people are thinking today. So they're making these decisions they think are full-time permanent decisions, and they aren't. The, the office buildings will refill up. Bars will get full again. Hotels will, will you know, be, be stayed in again, and airlines will fill up and people go down south. 
That's not going to change. That's going to happen. And when all of those things happen, the dynamic will shift dramatically back to what it was. So short-term thinking is not the way to go. It's never the way to go, and you know that. So, well, Brad. Again, yeah, sorry, Jack, go ahead. Yeah, so, Brad, I was just saying that it's Jack here. The, the condo market in Toronto, like you said, um, is clearly a buyer's market. So whether it's temporary or not, uh, it's at the moment, it is a buyer's market. So as an investor, uh, and I, I do think, obviously, the Toronto market is one of the best markets um, overall of the long term, um, you know, the next 10, 20 years in North America. What should an investor uh, looking at condos, um, you know, be focused on right now? Well, I, I think it's exactly the same advice you give someone if the market dropped a thousand points in a day, do you advise your investors to sell everything and put their, their money in the sock? It's exactly the same thing. Nobody should sell anything. People should just continue to, if they're investors, to hang on to their properties. This is a, this is a short-term blip that's, that's uh, uh, similar, not exactly the same as 2009. Um, you, you just have to look at, so overall, the real estate economy is on fire, right? It's not that people are afraid of real estate and think real estate should fall. What's happening is that people are making a demographic shift, right? They're making people of a certain age are shifting their thoughts to something else, which is nonsense. It doesn't make any, any sense even beyond a year. But they're making that decision because people are short-term thinkers. So be a long-term thinker in every investment decision you make and then move on with it. It's going to end very soon. Well, you got to be greedy. Fearful. There is no question when it comes to condominiums right now, there is some uncertainty. That can be a long-term investor's best friend. Use um, the Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio, 640 in Toronto. Uh, I'd like to have Brad Lamb join us this Saturday. We're talking condos. We're talking downtown Toronto, a city very dear to my heart, born and raised, and I'll probably die in the city as well. I love Toronto. Uh, you stay tuned. More show right after this. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. By radio, 40 Toronto. Thank you for spending some time with us. It's a privilege and it's an absolute delight to be able to spend an hour with you and share with you some money-making concepts. Uh, Brad Lamb, Lamb Developments, Lamb Realty, has spent some time with us on the show over the years and continues to be gracious enough with his time to share with us his thoughts on the real estate market. Brad is an absolute expert uh, when it comes to real estate investing. Um, Brad, uh, Brad, you know, last time we spoke on air, you, you made a very valid point uh, about um, leverage. Um, and in our last interview, we were talking about interest rates uh, being basically pegged at zero, uh, according to the central bank uh, in the United States, until 2023. Uh which tells me a couple of things. It says, number one, they're concerned that this pandemic is going to get extended uh, beyond next year. And uh, we had one of our um, health sciences analysts on a few weeks ago, Max Masucci, who also said the pandemic, pandemic will probably linger into 2023, at which point it'll uh, magically disappear um, and uh, life will get back to normal which, of course, is what you're saying. I mean, businesses, our own company, Can Accord uh, Genuity, um, is, has uh, committed to new office space uh, at Bay in Adelaide. And in two years, my physical office will move. And uh, you know, I think at that point in time, uh, I'll be able to lure Jack back downtown 
to hang with me in the office. But between now and then, of course, we continue to uh, socially distance and, and, and work successfully from home. Um, so, uh, yes, there is vacancy. I think it's going to hang around a little bit longer. But at the same time, Brad, you know, leverage. Money is cheap. And I took out a mortgage, a sizable mortgage, and I'm a 55-year-old guy, and I got a 15-year amortization on my mortgage, which means, well, you pay a mortgage till I'm age 70. So I'm not going to keep it that long, but it's just a weird concept. I was debt-free for 20 years, but they made it so attractive, Brad, to borrow money. Um, do you not think if you, you know, borrowed 75 or 80%, I think so, you're at a condominium, a prime condominium, a quality condominium, uh, I think in 10 years you're going to make yourself some money, certainly with leverage as your friend? Yeah, I, I think that's... Um... I'm a believer in, you know, the human race and I'm a believer in, uh, you know, our ability to sustain life on this planet and to pivot and to make changes. It's unfortunate to me that, uh, you know, listen, this is, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be popular saying this, but it's unfortunate to me the tact that uh, most of the governments in the world took with COVID-19. I think it was uh, like, you know, stepping on an ant, really. I, the idea of shutting down all the economies uh, for this, uh, I think, you know, there should have been a more targeted, careful approach once it was understood. And, and now I think they're so invested in this that, you know, the, the exit is hard to see exactly where when it will be. But I, I'm not a believer that you'll be out of your office till 2023. Uh, I, 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 I think that if that's the case, we're going to have a lot more serious problems than uh, talking about the condo market. Uh, yeah, no, I, we, we are relocating. Like, we will be back in our new office at the Bay Adelaide Center probably by 2022, 2023. Um, so uh, I, I think normalcy will, of course, uh, come back to us. It's about time, right? So, so, the, the, so our, what determines any large city's condominium market, whether it's Toronto or New York City, it's investors, right? It's 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 really comes down to the small unit investors uh, uh, providing individual uh, investment type rental real estate, and um, we're delivering a building right now that we sold for six hundred and twenty dollars a square foot. We're delivering it December third. Not a single person is going to bail from that because they've all doubled their money, right? Nice. So so where you have a problem? is we have a project that we sold recently at 1350 a foot and it's sold up we have the deposits we're breaking ground right now and it will be delivered in three years right so really i think the, the, the situation is in three years when the bulk of these buildings that sold at, at numbers just before COVID 19 came what will be that situation so the, the rental situation will fix itself. Already, the government's announced next year they want to they want to add you know 25 percent more people to the immigration numbers. They, they've ramped it up into the 400 thousands. I think it's 431 thousand people from 361. So you know half those people end up in Toronto. So while this year immigration was 60 percent of what it should have been, next year will be you know 140 percent of what it should be. This is the goal. So I think that that there's, we've got about a year here where the condo market, and it's not a year because the condo market didn't start taking it on the chin until really September. We were still selling quite well until about September. And then I think this big, the effects of COVID-19 
has just really drained people and they start they're starting to think about you know crazy thoughts and and it's understandable sure. what's going on is sure. crazy and i think that that that, that that's you know that's so overall we're looking about six or seven months of what i would call a shift from a very strong seller's market landlord's market to a to a to a weak buyer's market meaning buyers have control but not total control i'll give you an example we had six units we were going to sell this fall and instead of selling, we refinanced them and pulled out our profit. We rented them. And I think a lot of people, this is by my, my own uh, company that has hundreds of units. So right. I, I think that that's really what people are going to refinance, pull out money or refinance uh, and reduce their costs. They're going to hang on and they're not going to do uh, stupid things. And I don't think for the sake of six or seven months. But if this lasted for five years or four years, Dude, we don't have a civilization anymore. We're done. On that note, Mr. Brad Lamb, uh, I'm going to take the former as opposed to the latter. We are not done. We are going to get through this. You know that. I know that. And, yes, we we, are, we both have faith. Um, is this a matter of marking time? And it's a matter of uh, what's called pivot points. Uh, you know, point of maximum pessimism is turning point for the good and that's what you have to watch out in the world of investing point of maximum pessimism the pinch point in other words uh it's a delight to spend an hour with you hi-fi radio jack hartle you have yourself a good weekend my good friend we'll speak on monday of course uh, brad lamb you keep up the faith and i, I know it must be challenging uh, on a final note to a building condo because you continue continue to compete with the suburbanite who continues to invest in their home. And my point is material costs, labor costs, everything is going up in price. And again, if anybody who committed to a condo from you uh, pre-COVID, uh, you have to deliver and it could in fact cost you a lot more money to deliver, but you still have to deliver. And uh, that risk certainly is removed from the buyer and rests on your shoulders. I'm talking about inflation risk. And uh, again, uh, see the roof of my home, you can't even guarantee me the price and mark because of the inflationary pressure around cedar shakes. Go figure. That's the commodity market. That is the market. I wish you a great weekend. We'll be with you back next Saturday night. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto.